should have asked what music you were going to go with. You, you can guess every time. I, 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 I should have. Yeah. Don't ask. Share the show. Hey, y'all. Do Welcome to Cross Politic on the Fight Lab Feast Network. It's. Uh, I had a listener call in and or, or email in and say, hey, you guys should call it Tough Guy Tuesday. Yeah. Tough Guy Tuesday. I was thinking like uh, Hot Take Tuesday. No, I like. I'm, I, I'm I don't know. Guy. I like tough well, guy. Today better. is definitely tough guy Tuesday. Yeah. Good to be with you guys. Uh, make sure, and this is going to become even more important later. Oh, make sure you guys register for our conference in Nashville, October first through third. Uh, because actually, the guy we're interviewing yeah. is in the Nashville area, and he's going to be there what? also at the conference. Right. At least I'm putting him on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he don't know he gonna be there oh sign up for the club nice. join our membership uh download the app download the app that's the i always forget the third thing download download the, download app. the download app that's the why app. i'm here to remember the third don't, thing don't forget we're actually live right now so oh if you guys want to ask any questions oh this is like live live isn't it we we responding to you we want to talk to you too you gonna, are you gonna be watching gonna the be, questions I'm, i'll be watching the questions on facebook and, I, I, and, uh, and neil neil look for the stuff on youtube all right all right neil all right. hey y'all know neil's single yeah. We, we <laughs> Okay. All right. Just, just don't give out his last name. Let people know. Yeah. Hey, um, with us right now on the line, we got Mr. Isaac Botkin. He's the Chief Technology Officer at T Rex Arms, holster and tactical equipment company that seeks to inspire, educate, and equip. They live in Middle Tennessee. Ooh. He lives there with his wife and his three children. Isaac, thanks so much for coming on Cross Politics. Oh, thanks you. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, is it T Rex Tuesday? Is that is that what we're doing? Oh, right? there we go. I see. You just come there on the show. You just he take just, it over. Just, right name away. and claim it. Name hey, and claim it. Hey Isaac, your kids baptized before we start naming the show after you. <laughs> hey man, uh, oh. you know I'm a Baptist. <laughs> no, I didn't. So it definitely ain't T Rex Tuesday. <laughs> oh man, this fighting words. Hey, you, you can watch it. He's got body armor on. Okay, man. Look at that look on his face. Oh man. Oh well, um, oh, I was prepared for that question at the end, not the beginning. <laughs> you know to be prepared at all times, Isaac. Oh, come yeah, on, come on now, oh, come great. on now. So, that's, great. Oh, that's true, Isaac. Um, how is how can a Christian, a thoughtful Bible believing Christian like yourself, who believes in God's sovereignty and God's care, um, how could you give yourself to something like I don't know, trying to get people to care about the Second Amendment? Ooh. I mean, I mean, doesn't mm. God protect us? I mean, won't his angels, you know, <laughs> have charge have over you, charge over us? I mean, <laughs> isn't so it dash your foot? Oh, wait, that's isn't no, it? That's the devil. Isn't talking. it lack of <laughs> stop it, stop it. <laughs> isn't it lack of faith? Isn't it? Isn't it self-centered and selfish to care about your guns and to care about your right to have them? I mean, I mean, really? And not about lives. Oh, gotta tell you. Mm, yeah. Well, uh, obviously, it would be a problem if if guns became an idol. And that is something that uh, is worth talking about for sure. But when you talk about God's sovereignty, um, we need to keep man's responsibility as part of that. And so looking at scripture, looking at the responsibilities that God has placed on men, uh, God has placed on men who are leading families, uh, people who are who are part of nations, people who live in a sinful world and are going to be confronted with things, uh, we do have to be prepared to take responsibility for certain things and, and to uphold God's law. So there's some there's some great verses there um, that I wanted to look at. There's This is a giant can of worms, but right. even yeah. if we just look at some of the principles that we see in Scripture, like uh, Proverbs 24, 11, that says, rescue those that are being led away to death. Hold back those that are are uh, staggering towards slaughter. Mm. Um, Psalm 82 says, Rescue the weak and the needy and deliver them from the hand of the wicked. 
uh, being prepared to actually do these things is is very important. These are important important responsibilities for the Christian, and uh, not just in the Old Testament. We see that in the New Testament. Uh, we see the responsibilities of the Christian and of the magistrate to uphold God's law in Romans thirteen. <clears throat> we see Jesus telling his disciples. Um, to buy swords, even if they have to sell their cloaks in uh, in Luke twenty two. So, so these are these are things that that go very well with the responsibilities that God has placed upon not just His people, um, but all people, all kings need to to kiss the sun and uphold the law of God. Mm. So, uh, let me ask you a question. Most time when people think of the Second Amendment, I think we think of it as a national issue. Uh, we're trying to make mm-hmm. sure that laws don't get passed in that way. But how do we think of the Second Amendment as it relates to local politics? Okay, yeah. Well, so in America, we have a complicated system where we started out with uh, an excellent track to be on where local politics and states, the the local authorities had a lot of authority, and then the the, the federal government was a much smaller sort of organizing thing. And now that uh, pyramid scheme has kind of gotten flipped. So even though the federal government is very large uh, and in charge of a lot of things, and we have things like the ATF, and we have um, some significant federal firearm laws, there still are a lot of things that states can be doing to protect the right of their own people to keep and to bear arms. And so one of the things that we have been doing at T-Rex, in addition to making stuff, is uh, is try to get plugged into our communities and and, um, get some laws passed, uh, shutting down some ammo taxes uh, here Mm. in Tennessee, making it easier to buy ammunition and things like that. Just try to remove some of the restrictions and infringements, um, unconstitutional but also ungodly things that, that our local governments are doing. And of course, the federal government also needs to come into uh, into line um, and adhere to both the Constitution and the law of God. But we have some responsibilities locally that we're trying to work on. And I know you guys are, are doing that, too, up in Idaho. Right. You know, I've, I've never understood it that we have this Second Amendment, but every year it seems like laws keep trying to get passed either against the Second mm-hmm. Amendment or restrict the Second Amendment. Why does that? I mean, we have this Second Amendment, but yet we keep getting more le- more and more legislation around it. So it's very easy for us to just blame the the politicians at the top, the really power-hungry people uh, at the very highest levels of government. They just want to take power away from the people and have it for themselves. And that is definitely a trend that we see. But I also want us to be cognizant of the fact that a lot of us down at the bottom would like to hand off our responsibilities. Mm, um, uh, we are inherently lazy, and so being <laughs> responsible for the defense of the nation, being responsible for the defense of my home, those are big burdens to carry or big weights. And being able to hand those off to a government that says that uh, they can protect me is tempting. And that is uh, something that we need to be talking about because abrogating our responsibilities is something that, that we see throughout human history. It's, it's part of uh, how we got into so much trouble in Genesis 3. So <laughs> this is a very important thing for us to talk about and not just put all the blame on giant autocratic uh, ty- tyrants um, but also on ourselves to take more responsibility. Hey, Isaac, I'm wondering, do you think I've been seeing a lot lately ever since the whole riots in Minneapolis and kind of fall off everywhere else? And then looking at the militias that are starting to rise, you see black militias rising. We've had white militias mm-hmm. for a long time. When you see that, are you thinking, man, we need a Christian militia? Do, do, how, what's your thoughts about militias in the conversation right now? 
this is a this is a dangerous word, but um, <laughs> it's, it's, a great word. it's a word that exists uh, it, throughout history. It's an inc- incredibly imp- important concept. I think it's something that we actually see in Scripture. When you read Deuteronomy really? twenty, which uh, talks about the laws regarding to going to war, one of the first things that it says is that God goes to war for you. But the second thing that you see is it is the people who are gathered together to go to war. So there isn't a, there isn't a standing army. It is the people who come together and, and, and go out and make war uh, when war is necessary. And then there's rules uh, saying what is and isn't allowed in war. So the concept of an unorganized militia is something that we see in Scripture. In fact, the only gun control or weapon control verse that we see in the Bible is in Deuteronomy 17 that says that the king cannot multiply horses for himself. So the only person who has his, his weapons limited is the king, uh, not the people. Wow. So, and throughout history, you see this in predominantly uh, Christian civilizations. You see an armed populace uh, making up the fighting force of the nation. It is organized. It is subordinate to legitimate authorities. And when illegitimate authorities come along, those lesser magistrates are the ones that interpose themselves. So, so not only is, is the concept of a militia which is not just random people who are angry, but people who have some level of organization at lower levels. Um, not only do we see that concept in American history during uh, 1776 and prior to that, uh, not only is it currently in, in the American code, but it goes back into um, into Christendom. It goes back into uh, Christian civilizations, this idea. And so I would be all for... Uh, communities having that level of responsibility, taking that level of responsibility um, onto themselves and doing that work. But it is a dangerous word to throw around today. I mean, who knows what CNN is going to say about you guys tomorrow? <laughs> I hope I hope they are talking about us, though, whatever it is. <laughs> so so like you, I mean, I've been watching um, gun sales. Yeah. Um, I mean, are we like on the third consecutive month, like record-breaking month? I think it's faster than coronavirus uptick. <laughs> oh, it's, it's amazing. Um, yeah, you know, last year was, uh, I, it was 28 million background checks. And uh, that was a record, and I think we we are certainly at twenty million uh, at, by the middle already. Of, of July. Wow. Just already, alone. yeah. Right. So, yeah, all this background mm-hmm. checks, concealed permit uh, carry, um, going through body armor sales. I mean, it's going through the roof. Is this a sign of? Is this oh, a yeah. sign of reformation? Is it? Are, are you talking like this athletic wear body armor? <laughs> athletic wear, no. Gabe. Oh, no. Okay. no. All right. All right. No. This is actually something interesting. So, so we started selling body armor very, very recently, within the last uh, several months, and we have seen demand just shoot through the roof. And uh, T-Rex is not the biggest uh, company, but uh, we are amazed at the demand for body armor, for rifle plates uh, that is going on right now. We may actually be seeing the largest uh, armed civilian population since the 1650s. Mm. Uh, that is a very interesting trend. Now, I, I wouldn't say that it necessarily means that reformation is happening, that everybody is buying this stuff for the right reasons uh, and to uphold the right ideologies. But it, it, it is a plus. I would far rather that this stuff be out there. I mean, in some ways, it's very hard to keep arguing the gun control narrative when CNN is playing footage of riots yeah. Uh, it is very hard to to push the idea that only the cops need guns when so many people are asking that we defund the police. So right. yep. uh, it's great that that gun sales are so high and people are thinking not just in terms of sporting arms or toys or, or target shooting for fun, but they're actually thinking about practical uh, self-defense 
tools, that's good. But it doesn't necessarily mean that everyone that is buying these things is on the right track for a very, very disciplined, careful, and principled use of those things. But it's far better that that be in the hands of the people than that the people have no way of defending themselves at all. So it seems like, um, you know, when someone buys a gun, you know, there are different levels of, you know, ability or different levels of interest, you know, there and, and, uh, but when someone buys body armor, that, that really is, I mean, that's serious. You're, that's you're, like, you're, you're, you're in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I, I would love to, I would love to know the mindset behind all of our body armor customers. The fact is it's actually, this is, uh, there's a bunch of stuff that's out of stock because uh, various supply chain issues have made it hard to be manufactured. Uh, body armor isn't that. Body armor is is easy-ish to make because uh, none of the parts come from China, but we just can't keep it on the shelves because of demand, and that is a wow. fascinating thing. So, so I am okay. I just started looking through body armor. I am. Could you give me like a big beginner's course on the right type of body oh, armor? Sure. I, I, mean, I, mean, and, I mean, like get but, a cup and just or. Kind of, <laughs> And, and if you happen to have any land around, could you give me demos of how it works? <laughs> uh, well, we have some material on the website. I, uh, mine is out of reach right now. That's all right. But, That's all right. Um, basically, <laughs> the short the short answer is there's a bunch of people who are trying to take advantage of the demand, and so there are a ton of body armor companies that have just sprung up and are creating products. Uh, AR five hundred steel is what most people are selling because yeah. it is the easiest thing. I'm very hesitant to recommend that because AR 500 steel is something that you just buy industrial or commercially. And it, it, it's a range of hardness. So it doesn't necessarily have to be hard mm. enough to actually stop bullets. So some does and some doesn't, and you have to really, it's, it's not regulated. Uh, you really have to trust, right. You really have to trust your, um, your supplier to, to have done the due diligence to know that, the giant crate of steel that he bought is in fact at the <laughs> highest end of that hardness and not just whatever came off of that batch. Mm. Um, so, and also uh, steel is heavy. And uh, so something like ceramic body armor, which is like 400 bucks for a set of two plates that will stop rifle bullets is in my opinion, a way better way to go. So at T-Rex, we sell HESCO plates, except that there aren't any available right now. <laughs> so don't even bother going to look, I'm afraid. But, but look for some ceramic armor, I would say at this point, it really is worth having um, the lighter plates that are a little bit more dependable. They are more fragile. You can't just drop them and kick them around uh, like you can with steel. But they're so much, um, they're so much better in every other way that uh, that's, that's what I would recommend. I um okay. Let's talk about the fact that you got a lot of new liberals who are starting to buy weapons and mm -hmm. a lot of new people period who are conservatives and never bought a weapon. I got a friend Darren Doan, he just in the last four or five years, he did a doc called Keeping Bear. And before he did the documentary I, he, I can't wait to see that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was actually part of the making of that. Um <laughs> it's, it's a good film. But before he never owned a gun before. And so the fear of actually being close to a gun, being around a gun was high for him. Yeah. When somebody buys a gun, what do they need to be looking for? Um, how do they need mm. to how, how do they need to think about it with their family? And then what are some just I'll let you answer those first. I'll keep going after that. But what's a good way to get into a gun yeah. and, and how do you know which one's right for you? Well, so, so there's a lot of uh, practical considerations like whether or not you actually are um, 
you know, whether or not you're able at the moment, it's actually hard to get guns because shelves are empty in gun stores. But right. if, if it's something that you're able to try and see that it's comfortable and it works for you, these are all important things if that's possible. But I would say that the main issues are really thinking through all the aspects of what are you trying to accomplish? If you're mm. trying, if, if your goal is to protect your family and do home defense, think through that uh, and, and think through some of the unpleasant realities that would involve defending your home using lethal force. And, and I would say do, do, the, do the theological work. Um, go to, uh, I think it's Exodus 22, I, I forget the, the passage, where it talks about when you can actually use lethal force to defend your home. Like right. actually, mm. actually do that work ahead of time to where your mindset is there so that you know what is lawful. You know what is lawful before God, and you know what you are actually capable of doing. Right. Uh, really and I would good. say that yeah. that that's is really the most good. important thing to do. That's really um, good. And then after that, once you go, once you go to train, and you've already walked through that issues, um, you can think through the mechanical side. But you already are sort of there. It's kind of like teaching your kids how to drive, which I, I haven't done yet because uh, my oldest is four. But all, all of the the responsibility of driving a vehicle. Um, needs to be there, and then you work on the mechanical stuff. And then you ideally have a rough idea of your competency level before you get on the highway. And, and that's the that's way right. that I would treat firearms ownership. It is a tool. Uh, it's, not a, it's, it's not a toy or a hobby. Uh, it's, it's too dangerous to just be a toy, even though it is fun. And uh, it's, guns are harder to come by right now, too hard to come by for it to just be a hobby. So think about it as a tool and what you're trying to accomplish and work backwards from there. You know, one of the things that I do with my family, I've started with Nerf guns. And you just tell me what you think about this. I've just started mm -hmm. with full con trigger control, uh, muzzle control, uh, how we operate in the house. It's funny because we do drills when we're playing Nerf guns, uh, you know, what to hide behind, <laughs> if it's safe, you know. And so just getting my kids used to yes. practicing all of those things, and they're, I'm practicing with them. you got a militia in your house. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> I, I, I got a couple boys. We're trying to do this. Um, just to get them used yeah. to understanding how to handle a weapon, period, and understanding you know mm -hmm. uh, that hey this actually is important and you know with those little nerf pellets they actually hurt so it's like don't shoot your brother in the face yeah. <laughs> with yeah. those things right um yes as far as somebody who's a little more advanced how do you go about after you work out the theology what kind of system do you need mm -hmm. to think about as far as protecting your home you know escape routes yeah. uh, you know the castle laws you need to know those things in your state but mm -hmm. what's just as far yes. as thinking is yeah. about protecting my house how, how do i go about working through that process yeah, so a lot of it depends on where you are. Here in Middle Tennessee, we're just kind of in the middle of where we're in a neighborhood, but the neighborhood is just in the middle of the woods. And uh, so that's a little bit different than if we were in an apartment building or if we right. were in uh, a townhouse. You know, just, just knowing, um, for example, I know where my neighbor's houses are because there's really only two of them. Mm. And so in a situation where I was firing bullets, I'm responsible for every bullet that leaves the gun. Yeah. So knowing where it's safe, knowing what your target is and what's beyond your target is one of the main gun safety rules. And that's true even in a life or death situation. That's also true. None of those gun safety laws go away if you have to shoot bad guys. They're right. all still true. Yeah. So, right. so thinking through those things is, is extremely important. And so I've talked to, to my family about um, not a whole lot of like tactical room clearing details, but just things like knowing which way is is a good place to go and knowing which way is a bad place to go and my wife and i have talked about which directions to shoot and how we would clear the house based on <laughs> where the kids rooms are and stuff like that so th these are things to think about um for sure and uh, and and work through some of those things based on where you're at who your neighbors are 
and and those sorts of things. And and the laws in your state. Um, some states have laws where you can defend your home and stay in your home, and you have other laws where you you're kind of required to try to leave. Uh, you have to demonstrate right, that you tried right. to leave your house, right? Yeah. Uh, right. Which is I would argue not biblical. But we have we have to be wise according to the times that we live in, and and um, yeah. and we have to provide for our families and and protect them and figure out the the most practical ways to do that. And how about a similar kind of assessment for churches? Yeah. So I mean, we have not had a number mm-hmm. of church shootings. Um, a number churches are burning down uh, right uh, now. Yeah, a number of churches, you know, have um, are, are putting together security teams. You know, this kind of thing. Um, what's some advice for elders and deacons who are thinking through? Um, you know, we we need to protect our people, especially during a worship service. Um, what's some advice there? So that is an excellent. That's an excellent question. Uh, my brother David has done far more work on this than I have. Um, but it is very important that churches think through these things. Churches are soft targets yeah. uh, in many in many ways, and so it is very important that elders and deacons think through these things. They they have care of souls. Um, they're responsible for for the flock for sure. Right. And I, I would say that within within churches, if they can find guys that have some level of expertise or interest to begin planning those things, uh, talk to the other uh, the families in the church about what. Um, what things might look like um, based on where the doors are and where the people are sitting. Um, So in in the South, it's very common to have a a lot of people in the church carrying, which is good, but oftentimes there isn't a plan. And a lot of people carrying with no plan can be counterproductive. So so talking through these things ahead of time is very important. Not trying to discourage people from carrying in church, but I am trying to encourage people to – to have a plan of action and a level of responsibility so that when you show up at church, you know, like, hey, it's it's your job to kind of keep an eye on the parking lot. Uh, it's your job to do this today. Or, you know, right. so-and-so couldn't make it, and he usually sits in the back close to the door. You know, just little things like that. It doesn't take a, a huge SWAT team organization. It <laughs> just takes uh, some communication and some forethought and, and uh, more of that thinking through those things and taking responsibility. At the top of the COVID crisis, one of the things we saw is jobs just kind of get demolished. And actually, we're still seeing it right now. Um, And one of the things that we kept saying to our audience was that look around. um, It doesn't go away. It just switches. You know, (laughs) Um, have you seen innovation for you guys in this process? I mean, some people are doing great. Other people are doing you guys are doing awesome. How have you guys been inventive in this time? And what's allowed you guys to, um, to keep changing as the market is changing? Yeah. So first of all, I want to give glory to God for how he's built the company because uh, nobody in the company knows how to build a company like we have. It's super <laughs> obvious that we did not uh, build this house. <laughs> it's more obvious, uh, more obvious when you're inside, trust me. Um, but one of the things that, that we have done is we've talked through some things. Uh, another thing that my brother David said at the end of last year is he said, well, it's an election year. It's probably going to be pretty tumultuous. Let's have more raw materials in stock than we ever have before. Let's try to have three months worth of everything. Um, and it's that was a, a very wise idea. We had no idea that uh, everything was going to start so quickly. Yeah. Um, wow. But we, we have, overall, our company has really benefited from a lot of uh, modern technology. So uh, CNC machines and CNC routers are far more affordable now than they were 10 years ago. Yeah. We, we are making... Uh, a lot of holsters on uh, CNC routers that cost less than a car. The first one we bought, we bought used for, uh, I think, $8,000. And that was the one that I learned on. 
there are so many opportunities for Christians that want to build uh, local businesses. And in the past, it's been hard to compete with, say, just the sheer manufacturing ability of China. But I actually feel like there are a lot of companies and a lot of uh, consumers that are willing to pay a little bit extra for something that is closer to home, that's going to be less affected by supply line stuff. I mean, we are able to source raw materials now uh, from the United States. And so all of our regular holster stuff, stuff that we make in-house, we are continuing to make. But stuff that's made uh, out of components that come from China, we're still seeing ripples of delays uh, yeah. going on even today where stuff is just not on shelves and the raw materials are just not available yet. Mm. Um, and I think that ripples from that are going to keep impacting things. So I would say that even now more than ever, uh, our opportunities to build small localized manufacturing uh, businesses uh, and do things uh, for a niche market, which is what we have done, or just specialize in being able to make stuff here so that it is, in fact, available. And you you probably will find customers uh, that didn't even exist or weren't interested in buying American as much uh, even six, seven months ago. Yeah. One of the things I've enjoyed about buying local is I, I bought, I can't remember what it was. It was some piece of hardware and it broke. And I went back to the person who made it and they redesigned their whole setup just to fix my problem so that it wouldn't happen again. Wow. And I wow. realized at that point that it was better for me to yeah. have certain things that I could buy local so that when there was mm. a problem, I was directly connected yeah. to the manufacturer right. and he can fix the problem for me as right. well as for everybody else. Right. And really so, it, you know, sometimes, you know, there's more than one thing to think about as far as pricing. It's not just pricing. It's about who can fix the problems if there is a problem. Because right. I love huge you, manufacturing. You, want, you really want to ship it? Yeah, back exactly. To, you know, to Wait somebody three you weeks. Don't know. Yeah. I mean, I just op- ordered an Apple computer, yeah. and we're waiting what two and a half weeks to get it. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Why? Yeah. <laughs> why? Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it's in yeah. China. That's why. <laughs> you know. Hey Isaac, what do you think? Think like, about the communication networks. Yeah, Sorry, yeah go ahead. Exactly. No, no, you're fine. Um, what do you think is the biggest threat to the Second Amendment um, and kind of our rights moving forward? Uh, well, the, the biggest threat is going to be uh, the the biggest threat that every every nation or civilization faces is weak churches. Um, the people that actually have the word of God, not applying it. Mm. And that is going to be the case with, with all of our rights, especially here in the States where we have a constitution that is very explicit about God given rights. Right. So as soon as you, uh, as soon as you can begin removing God from the equation, the importance of those rights obviously also goes away. Right. So, huh. uh, not only can we see throughout history that weak churches are, are what really damage and destroy uh, civilizations and nations. In this case, it's it's so directly tied. Um, all of the freedoms that we enjoy are so directly tied to the Christian heritage that, that we have had uh, going forwards, uh, and especially the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment is not just a, an idea that the founders had out of nowhere. It came from all kinds of great laws going back through Britain, all the way back to um, Alfred the Great, about people being able to defend themselves, yeah, yeah. Uh, and not just against foreign invaders, but against um, against their own leaders if necessary. And, and that happened in Britain several times. It happened right. with Prince John. It 
happened with Charles I. It happened with James uh, II. Right. And so when George III came along, the Americans were like, well, no, this is just what we do. Uh, <laughs> we've done this we're, we're doing it again. Uh, they, they didn't think of this as, as being America, right. chapter one. They, they yeah. saw this as like, no, we, we, are, yeah, we're Christians. we are Christian citizens of Britain, yeah. episode eight. You yeah. know, that's what they thought yeah. was, yeah. was 1776 was. That's and, really good. And, um, I remember talking. If we get away from, from that, that Bible, that history, uh, we will lose the Second Amendment, um, but also we'll we'll lose the the foundations for all the other rights and liberties and freedoms that we have. That's right. We'll lose the ability to um, to really be obedient to the law of God uh, as a nation and as people. That's one of the things I think that Christians often get played on is we use they hear the word rights and people are quick to think that that just means it's something for me. It's it's a right. self-centered, uh-huh. selfish right. thing. Preach, preach. You just care about your rights. Yep. But what people don't understand is that the original Christian understanding of rights or Christian freedom was thoroughly biblical in mm-hmm. nature. Yeah. And and what the Bible teaches about Christian freedom, Christian liberty, is that it's for the good of others. Right. Your rights are actually yes. tied up in your duties or what you said earlier, Isaac, our responsibilities. Yes. The reason why um, God has given you the right to defend yourself and to defend your family and the people around you is because it's your duty to do that. Right. Your, right. You need to remain mm-hmm. free to do that so that you are free to love, yeah. so that you are free to serve yes. those around you. These rights are not just for you. And, and I think there is a certain kind of libertarian streak in our country right. that is very individualistic yeah. and, selfish selfish and, and self-centered yeah, and selfish. Yeah, right, right. But that's not what Christians mm. believe. We believe these rights are given to us by God because mm-hmm. these are our duties before God to love and serve those around us. That's what that's these really good, Toby. God given yeah. rights are for. Yeah. That's really good. You know, Absolutely. Yeah. La- last, last thing real quick is uh, Zach Lautenschlager. Remember Zach? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you know, Zach, Isaac, is there, is there a friend? I do that, indeed. Oh, yes. oh, good, good, good. You know, he's Presbyterian. Uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, he, he, I remember when we talked to Zach one time and I was, I pressed him. I, I, I threw him the same knuckleball I threw at you at the opening. You know, what the heck? Why, why Christians care about these rights so much? And he yeah. said, if he, he said, first Timothy five, um, it says right. that a man who does not provide for his own, especially, you know, he's yep. worse than an unbeliever. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and he said that includes provision. And if it includes provision, it includes safety and protection and, yep. and protection. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It is your duty as Absolutely. a man to protect your family, both providing for them and like, you know, starting small arms companies or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, also yeah. to protect them, to defend them. That's yeah. a basic Christian duty. And your failure to do that makes you worse than an unbeliever. That's right. That makes you an apostate. It's a, it's a heretical position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Literally. That's right. You yes. know, um, go ahead, Isaac, if you want to jump in there, we just, we just chat now. Oh yeah, no. The, the the interesting thing about this is, as much as I love the Second Amendment, um, some of the previous British stuff, and I'm this is all throughout Europe. The Swiss cantons have rules about owning weapons and being responsible for defending uh, your country and and your family. Uh, but I, I only speak English, so I'm more familiar with the English documents. Yeah. But uh, the Assizes of Arms in 1181, <clears throat> it didn't just say you were allowed to have weapons. It requires you to have a gambeson, an iron cap, and a lance. Wow. You had to have <laughs> weapons. Yeah. You were required to have them. And then later there were rules saying you had to practice archery on Sundays um, <laughs> because your neighbor was depending on you. Yeah. Uh, and so this this idea of duty yeah. uh, and service to to your neighbor and your family right. is is more spelled out. And and I think that 
our founders just assumed that, well, everyone's going to understand this. Right. Uh, this is just going to be a reference to that. Right. Uh, I don't think they understood just how destructive uh, government schooling would be in the future. Yes. Uh, and yeah. so it would be nice to, to have a, a deeper understanding of these things that is still going on. And, and that this libertarian mindset that we've kind of adopted, there was a meme going around on Instagram that was, if you don't belong to yourself, then you're part of a tyrannical government. And while I understand the the tyranny of being a part of a state that just views you as as property, uh, that is such the wrong way to go about it uh, because you don't belong to yourself. Yeah. You you belong to God, and this right. is a very important uh, difference between yeah. our starting points. That's right. And uh, so that that is a, that is a, the major issue that I see with the the liberty movement, the Second Amendment movement that we we have here. As much as I really appreciate the work that those guys are doing to uh, own <laughs> guns, to educate people about owning guns. Yeah. Um, the definition of liberty is very different, and there uh, is a tremendous need for discipleship inside of that community. Amen. Isaac, Amen. Um, I really liked your point earlier. You brought up about, you know, we have the Word of God, but we don't apply it. And so uh, we look forward mm. to meeting you in Nashville, October 1st through the 3rd, and to help you apply the Word of God and baptize your there. babies. At All right. Fight Lashley's Conference, yes. <laughs> uh, I recommend everyone I will be there. Yeah, go, go check out T-R-E-X dash arms dot com. That's T-Rex-Arms.com. They have all kinds of holsters, nylons, uh, rifle upgrades, pistol upgrades, body arm, which they don't have right now. Um, medical. What's the swag? What's in the swag? Just shirts hey, and stuff. Man, he didn't. We, I oh, should have had you sw- send us some swag before the show. <laughs> or, you know, yeah, or, some body of, armor some before body the show. He's coming yeah. all strapped up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Isaac, thank you so much for joining us on Cross Politics. Appreciate you, man. I love their I love Thank their you, their, their, their videos. Just people shooting and cool music for like <laughs> for like twenty minutes. You can, I was just like waiting for I them know. to say something. It's it's like, just, no, just a bunch of shooting. Just shooting. We're just shooting. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. If you have kids, go baptize them. Until us uh, tomorrow. Love God yes. with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is cross politics. Nobody asked me a question on Facebook. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs>